0: Hello and welcome to Short Talks from the Hill, a podcast from the University of Arkansas. I'm Bob Whitby, a science writer at the university. Today we're talking with Dave Staley, a distinguished professor in the Department of Geosciences and who's done important work in the field of dendrochronology. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Uh, First of all, let's start with a little definition of what exactly is dendrochronology. Dendrochronology, tree time, tree
1: ring dating, it is the most uh, accurate and precise dating method in geochronology. It's a slick dating method that we use to determine the age of ancient archaeological sites or early historic buildings or living trees. We can determine the age of the living trees with dendrochronology. Of course, you can count the rings to determine that, but with dendrochronology, we're actually using the imprint of climate variability on the annual growth rings.
0: That work you did in the Ozarks and other places, uh, you've recently done work in the Amazon. Uh, Tell us about that and why you're interested in this kind of research in the Amazon.
1: Well, paradoxically, the most biodiverse forests in the world—the tropical rainforest of Amazonia, or the tropics, the global tropics—they, you know, annual ring formation is extremely rare in these tropical forests. I mean, uh, you know, tree rings are decidedly a mid-latitude, temperate climate phenomenon where you have, you know, uh, summer and winter, and so the trees go dormant in the in fact. You know, there's no distinct seasonality of temperature in Amazonia or most tropical forests. So most of these incredibly biodiverse forests, uh, which in the case of Amazonia, lowland Amazonian forests, may have something on the order of 16,000 tree species native to Amazonia. That's only an estimate, a scientific estimate. But... Taxonomically, 6,727 species of trees have been described in the lowland Amazon, and most of them, probably 99% of them, do not form reliable annual rings. That said, there is uh, precipitation seasonality in parts of the tropics, including parts of Amazonia, where there's a wet season and a dry season, and that can be so pronounced as to be associated with annual ring formation in a small subset of native tree species and so we're trying to find that needle in a haystack those few native tree species that do reliably form annual rings are long-lived like centuries long and are sensitive to uh, precipitation variability that's what we're after in the amazon
0: what is known about the climate, the long-term climate in the Amazon, and, and how are you adding to that record?
1: Well, not much, of course, not on a, not on a high-frequency interannual basis. I mean, there are, uh, paleo-environmental records, paleoclimatic records, uh, from the glaciers that border the Amazon in the Andes, and from speleothems, cave formations, and so forth. But these are not. Highly resolved nor exactly dated uh, climate records. So, and of course, there's pollen data as well and lacustrine data. But for the high frequency interannual variability of precipitation and temperature or stream flow, there's really nothing prior to the instrumental record for all of Amazonia. And, you know, Amazonia, of course, is a big place. And uh, it's one of the global centers of deep convection in the atmosphere. It affects climate over tropical South America and more broadly globally. So it's exceedingly important from a global climate perspective. And, of course, it is the largest river on Earth, the Amazon. In fact, you know the mean annual flow of the Amazon is 209 cubic meters per second. That dwarfs. Uh, all other rivers of the world. In fact, the flow of the Amazon is greater than the combined flow of the next seven largest rivers on Earth. It's 12 times the flow of the Mississippi. So we're talking about a
0: prodigious hydrological resource. And your work extended the record considerably. Uh, what is it showing? What are you finding? Well, we
1: found a uh, couple of three, four, four tree species that are useful for dendroclimatology. Uh, our greatest success so far has with, been with Cedrella odorata, which is a, a cedro. It's referred to as cedro. It's a commercially valuable uh, tree species native to Amazonia and widespread across uh, the Amazonian tropics. Uh, it doesn't always form really high quality annual rings, but in, along the Rio Paru in the eastern Amazon, we have found forests of cidrella, forests with Cedrella in it, I should say, that um, do form excellent annual rings. We've built uh, two exactly dated tree ring chronologies. They are correlated with wet season precipitation totals. Uh, and... They are weakly correlated also with the discharge of the Amazon River. But their principal value is as uh, precipitation proxies for the eastern Amazon.
0: This research involved you going to Brazil and being in the Amazon. Tell us what that was like.
1: Well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, this is a tremendous uh, environment. Uh, It's still... I mean, many challenges confront the Brazilians and the Amazon, of course, development, deforestation, and and potentially anthropogenic environmental change, but still a vast area is intact, uh, triple canopy, tropical rainforest. And the principal avenue of access is by the rivers. I mean, it has historically been river travel, Upon which the Amazon basin was settled.
0: And how does this affect our understanding of climate change?
1: Well, climate varies on all time scales uh, for known and unknown reasons. Uh, it's definitely, uh, and that's our big objective. We, we, you know, the Amazon suffered a tremendous drought in 1925, uh, it was the worst. Uh, year of drought in the instrumental record. Uh, It also, the precipitation data such as the R for the Amazon and the stream flow data as they are available for the Amazon exhibit some changes. Uh, They exhibit decadal variability and multi-decadal variability. The precipitation and discharge data exhibit in the last 30 years this increasing seasonal amplitude, uh, that is greater difference between the dry season totals and the wet season totals. And so we can see variability in the modern record. Uh, we're not sure of the cause of this variability. And so if we can reconstruct precipitation and possibly streamflow, then we, for centuries past, we can place the modern era of instrumental hydroclimatic observations into a longer perspective and perhaps uncover some of the dynamics responsible for this variability.
0: Is your work in the Amazon done?
1: Are you going back? No, it's not done. Uh, We're uh, in the middle of a NSF funded It's not done, we're in the middle of a, a project funded by the National Science Foundation and we hope to uh, obtain additional funding for this work. In fact, it's huge. The the legal Amazon, as it's called, the drainage basin of the Amazon River, is almost the size of the continental United States. And so for the continental United States, we have on the order of 2,000 tree ring chronologies that scientists have developed over the last 100 years of tree ring research In the United States and those provide pretty fair coverage of this temporal and spatial variability of moisture in the United States well we need something like that for the lowland Amazon as well and so right now we have two so we and we need maybe two thousand well of course we won't get that in my lifetime but that is the goal the goal is to provide a network of exactly dated tree ring chronologies, two to 400 years long, that can be used to reconstruct not only the temporal history of rainfall and stream and stream flow, but also the spatial variability as well. And, and so it's a big job. Uh, there's a lot of interest in Brazil and in other countries in the Amazon to try to develop these tree ring records and extend the instrumental record deeper into prehistory. Music for Short Talks from the Hill was written and performed by Ben Harris, guitar instructor at the University of Arkansas. For more information and additional podcasts, go to kuaf.com or researchfrontiers.uark.edu, the home of research news at the University of Arkansas.